Welcome to Counterthought, a podcast conserving America's freedom, culture, and values. This is Brian Kletter, the creator and host of the podcast. You can engage with the podcast on Instagram at counter underscore thought or at Counterthought CEO and on our Facebook page, Counterthought Podcast. For audio versions of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. And for video versions of the podcast, join us on YouTube at the Counterthought channel. Let's go. America is in the middle of a culture war with numerous battles taking place. Everything from the nuclear family celebrating victimhood and penalizing privilege to the destruction of femininity to the evil within individuals to commit some heinous crimes and heinous acts of violence to not protecting children over sexualizing them, uh, mental illness, and also transgenderism. And then last but not least, abortion. In the last episode with my guest, we talked about how to, as far from a Christian perspective, how to engage and fight this culture war that is happening. But in this episode, I want to take a little bit more time to dive into the current state of each of these battles. Welcome to another episode of Counterthought. As I mentioned in the intro, episode 66, the previous episode was focused on Christianity and the culture war and what Christians in the Christian church should be doing or could be doing to fight in this war, to fight the many battles that are currently taking place. My guest for that episode was Anna of the Wake Up Conservative Podcast, the host for that podcast. We had a great discussion, so if you have not looked at, if you have not watched it or listened to it, please go back and check it out. It'll be a great um, accompanying episode for this one, episode 67. So this episode is about the American culture war and taking kind of taking tally, taking stock of where we currently are, in my opinion, in this war, which battles are we facing, the primary battles, and what is the current state of each of those battles. In episode 66, another reason to go back and listen to it, I listed kind of my top five battles that are that are taking place. It involves the destruction of the nuclear family. It involves the tra- transgenderism, especially for children, gender-affirming care, as they like to call it. It involves the destruction of femininity. It involves the evil that it resides within people to commit heinous crimes, such as mass shootings and the gun violence and other violence that is occurring within our country. It involves not protecting children. And it also involves abortion and, as we popular term on the right, abortion on demand. So go back to episode 66 again and, ch- and check those out. But in this episode, I want to, again, take a little deeper dive. So the culture war in America has been been going on for a long, long time. I jumped into this whole political game and following politics really closely back in 2016. So I'm six years in, as crazy as that is to believe for myself, six years following this closely each and every single day. But what I have noticed over the last six years, but even more so the last two years, two to four years, is how much these individual battles have been have been growing within our culture. Now, it's easy to make the argument that, okay, well, the best way to attack these battles and fight these battles is with, is with Jesus Christ and um, fulfilling the Great Commission as Christians to 
create, no, not create, but uh, to convert individuals and to become believers and Christians who believe Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior. Like, you know, that's the, that's the Bible Sunday school answer. We know that. But what is currently taking place in these individual battles? So, like I said, there is the destruction of the nuclear family. You may remember going back to the summer of 2020 with George Floyd and then how uh, BLM, that organization, Black Lives Matter, not the hashtag, but the organization Black Lives Matter blew up in popularity, right? They were getting millions upon millions of dollars donated to them in order to improve racial injustices and, quote, systemic racism that occurs within our country. And one of their, uh, one of the things that they included in their, their mission statement, for lack of a better term, is they wanted, because they're a Marxist organization, however, you won't find that on their website today, but they also included in their mission that they wanted to destroy, tear down the nuclear family. Now, we have seen what that has done in America. The nuclear family, if you are not familiar with it, is a husband, a wife, their children living in a single household. Not with grandma also there, not with, you know, aunt so-and-so, uncle so-and-so, not with, you know, great-grandmother or anything like that. It is husband, wife, their children in the household. There are plenty of statistics. I went over those in episode four. So if you haven't checked out episode four, check those out. Check out that episode. It's all about the nuclear family. Statistics show how children who grow up in a nuclear family, more success later on in life, more likely to go to school, graduate college, get a better job. They themselves, you know, have their own nuclear family, less chances of divorce and so on and so forth. Again, that is all in episode four. And then you have celebrating victimhood and penalizing privilege. I talk about those topics in detail in episodes six and episode 35. We see it more and more how it's this like badge of honor. If you have less, the the less and less quote privilege than someone else. If you have been, if you can consider yourself a victim of something, it's like this, this badge of honor, you get a round of applause, a celebration. If you can prove that you are, more of a victim than the next, the next person, this, this hierarchy, this totem pole of, of victimhood. And, you know, it just eventually eats itself up, right? Like, you know, and in one of these episodes, and again, go back episode six and episode 35, I give an example of, okay, well, you know, if you have three brothers, one does this, one does that, one does the other, all of which are a victim, where are they going to rank on the totem pole? You know, One's black, one, or they're all white, but one's gay and one's poor, or one's gay, one's poor, and one's this. How many things can you claim you are a victim of? And that'll get you, the more you have, the higher you will be on that totem pole, that hierarchy. So it is celebrated, which then feeds into the whole equity argument. Instead of equality being treated equal, it's being wanted equity, which is equal outcomes. Also the destruction of femininity. I have episodes regarding that. Episodes eight and episode 41 are specifically about feminism. And then episode 41, episode eight is about feminism. And then episode 41 is about the transgender movement, transgender, transgender females, which are biological males competing in sports as quote females. 
and then how that is destroying and going to destroy female athletics. Also, the evil to commit that resides within individuals to commit heinous crimes. In episode 50, I touch upon that in the wake of the Buffalo, the Buffalo shooting. The evil that must reside within these individuals, not only uh, Buffalo, but also Uvalde. The evil that must reside within these individuals to take over their heart, to want to kill innocent people, especially like in the Uvalde situation or that shooting, innocent elementary school ch- elementary school kids, innocent children, those who need the most protection. And then also another battle that we're taking on is trying to protect children. Children were guinea pigs throughout the whole pandemic as a result. And I talk about this in episodes 24, I mean, 29, 44, and 55. They were the guinea pigs and the fallout for the mental health as a result of schools shutting down. They also are being over-sexualized with these um, drag shows, basically transgender people stripping and children there like it's called appropriate for all ages that is not appropriate for any child whether it's adults biological adults stripping and everything or if it's someone who is transgender stripping that is not for children that is over sexualization and then also the gender affirming care i talked about in episode 66 with anna how that is one of the terms used to soft that's softer language to make it more accepting and seem less harmful. Again, those are episodes 29, 44, 55. And then finally, last but not least is abortion. These are like my, these are my top six battles that are currently underway. The abortion episode is episode, episode 64, which is with Nikki, the host of red girl in a blue world, that podcast, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen. That is also on YouTube, any episode starting, I think with episode 34 has a video episode. So video or is available on YouTube and rumble. And then you have the audio episode for all of them. One through this one, 67 available on your podcast app. Now, how can we fight these battles? Having God, having Jesus in your heart, one, I've already talked, touched on that, right? That's, that's the Sunday school answer. That is fantastic. But what can we also, in addition to that, beyond, you know, fulfilling the great commission, what can we do as we engage with other individuals? Well, I was listening to one of my previous podcasts and one of the things that was said in there was when you have an interaction with someone, whether it is a disagreement or especially if it is a disagreement, be careful of resorting to an attack, especially a personal attack. If you are trying to win someone over or win an argument and you are going to debate someone, whether it's a quick debate or more of a formal debate, you do not want to personally attack this person because that's going to cause their defense, their walls to go up and you will not reach them. So do not do that. Abstain from personal attacks. One, they don't feel good, right, to the person who receives them. Two, it doesn't look good on the person who is, you know, issuing those 
those attacks. And then three, again, the argument is already over with. You are not going to reach these individuals to have a civilized discussion to potentially bring someone over to our side to see things differently than they currently do and gain one more soldier in our army, in our military to fight against these different, to fight against the culture war in these numerous battles that are currently taking place. Now, going back to these individual battles, the destruction of the nuclear family. This is huge. We are seeing divorce rates. We are seeing um, when children grow up in single parent homes that they are less likely to succeed in life. When we talk about victimhood and privilege, this mentality that you get your reward and you gain more from being a victim of something than actually wanting, and then you want to stay in this victim mentality and this lifestyle because you are getting more notoriety, I guess, more, more praise than you would if you were to get yourself out of that and improve your actual life situation. So the more, and I talked about this in the episode, again, this is <clears throat> episode six, and then also episode 35 ties into it. But episode six and 35, I talk about how, you know, you can just, your mind just tells you to stay in, in that victimhood mentality. You don't want to leave it. It's counterproductive. You like being there. You want to stay there. And that just causes a whole host of issues. The destruction of femininity. This one, this one, this one blows my mind. I think we're on the fourth wave of feminism now. This is go back to episode eight for the dedicated feminism podcast episode. But there's first wave, second wave. I believe the first wave was regarding um, women's suffrage and, you know, their right to vote. Second wave was more around like the, I think the fifties and sixties and seventies giving women, you know, out of the household and more rights to do things or not even really rights, but just more acceptable to be able to do certain things outside of the house. Third wave, third wave feminism, I believe was what was occurring in the eighties and nineties, maybe into the early two thousands. And then I think now we are in the, in the fourth wave, or maybe we've already done the fourth wave and now we're in the fifth wave, but this destruction of femininity. And this doesn't need, this is not just about transgender females trying to pass off and be considered and celebrated as women. That, that is not the only part of this. The, the other part is the, this, this disdain for women who want to have more of a, the traditional uh, role of a woman where they stay at home especially if they have kids, the stay at home mom, the stay at home mom is under attack. The stay at home mom is seen by many people, millions of people as, you know, being anti feminist, being against the, the, um, the progress of, of women in our culture. Um, the easy argument is, or the, the right argument is to say like, Hey, well, look at all the great things that come from when you can have a stay at home mom. Not only your child's education, but their their values, their upbringing, how much more, uh, lack of a better term, stable the children are. How many less issues, how many, you know, the, the dedicated focused care that these children get to have because they have a parent at home all the time. 
there are statistics and studies that show this, that verify this. Yet women who are trying to live a more traditional lifestyle of a woman, play the more traditional role, are seen as going against the progress of the larger feminism movement. And then you touch on and then you look at the other half of it, which is, okay, the transgenderism argument and the progressive radical feminism, which is everyone can be considered a woman if they want to identify as a woman. You know, we had all the things we worked for, you know, all the things we advocated for that we marched against, you know, that we um, protested, you know, wanting equal pay and Title IX and what the Biden administration is doing now, trying to have uh, gender and also sexual identity included <clears throat> within Title IX, which would just ruin Title IX to this day and all the protections that it gives and the opportunities it gives for for women. You know, we're just we're just so progressive. We don't care about all that stuff that we already fought for and what we have earned. Now everything that we support is going to tear everything everything down. So if you have, let's say if you are a parent and you have children, female children, girls, and they are involved in athletics, this is, you know, the easy comparison and they are, they're good, right? They are good. They have a real legit shot at doing something, not only at the high school level, but the college level and who knows, maybe even the professional level. And they're just pouring hours upon hours upon hours into developing and honing their craft. And then little Billy over there in high school or college is going to decide to switch teams and compete against women and then take your girl's spot. Where are the parents? Where are, why are they not, they might be speaking out, but they're not speaking out loud enough. They're not speaking out loud enough. And maybe if your daughter is currently on a team, you don't want to ruffle the feathers and possibly cause the, you know, the daughter any, you know, maybe her spot on the team or, future opportunities down the road to, to play on these sports teams because, you know, the school board or the teachers or the school itself could actually, you know, hold it against you that you spoke out and raised your voice. But that should be something that you, that, it, that should be a risk you are willing to take. You should be willing to take that risk and speak up regardless of what your, your child says, speak up against what is ultimately going to destroy and remove biological females from from women's sports. And this might not be, you know, something that occurs overnight, but it's going to be something that occurs over time. And again, it's wiping out all of this work that the first and second and third wave of feminism fought for, protested for, earned. And then now because progressives, the progressive mindset on the, on the left is that, Hey, we just need to keep doing the next thing, whether it's right or not, it's going to wipe it out. So more needs to be said about that feminism that just it just baffles my mind where that where that currently is stand up for the women who want to live the more play the have the more traditional role stand up for the women who maybe don't want to have the more traditional role and they like to be in the workplace and like having a job and everything else stand up for women don't let biological males who want to identify as a woman take the spots and get the privilege or get the not the accolades or the privilege. I don't want to use any of those terms, but you know, not to get everything that actual biological women need and, and fought for and protested for. 
And then you have the evil that resides within individuals to commit some heinous crimes. I will never under I will never understand this. And when I get to the pearly gates, I want to ask, I want to ask God this question. I want to ask Jesus this question. Why allow such evil to exist? And then also why allow the evil to manifest itself in the killing of of people? Why? That would be like the, the one of the that would probably be the first question I would ask. Why? What is to be gained from it? I know there was death all throughout the Bible, especially in the Old Testament. But if you are all powerful or as all powerful Almighty God, why allow this to happen today? Why? And the reason why this stuff is occurring, why this evil exists is because these people are overtaken by the the demons and the devil and they do not have Jesus Christ into the in their heart they do not have hope they do not have joy they do not have peace they do not have the peace within them to say you know to break free from this they do not have a light in their darkness Practical steps, these individuals need resources to, to get over like the psychological things that they're dealing with. They need resources to drill deep into their heart and get to the root of the problem that resides there. We are fighting this cultural battle and we need as, <clears throat> as Christians, as conservatives to advocate for, for the resources to be put in place for these individuals to get the help that they need to spare future lives. And then on segueing from that topic to the next, to this next battle regarding children and not protecting children. In episode 55, I did an episode about how we are not <clears throat> protecting children. Episode 44, I talked about um, transgenderism and, and children. In episode 29, I talked about children as well, the mental health crisis going on in, in teenage America. Uh, episode 29 was back in 2021. And that's based off the Surgeon General report that came out then that showed teenage or mental health of children, especially teenagers, had increased, you know, over the last six years and increased over the first year of the pandemic. Children, as I said in the open, are being taken to drag shows, are being taken to um, strip clubs. They are being shown books or having books available to them that are not age appropriate. The sexualization of children is just, they're, they're being clapped for and praised whenever they mimic, mimic some uh, like striptease. This over-sexualization of children is, is harming them and they, they are the most, they're the most vulnerable. They are, children are innocent. And then what is happening to them is, is abusing them and ruining and dirtying and tainting that innocence. And the children, because of where their mind is in their development, they don't know what is happening. But I bet you in 10, 15, 20, 30 years, they're going to know what's happened. They're not going to be right. We need to protect our children. They are one of the most vulnerable, vulnerable groups, the children and the elderly. 
is our responsibility, whether you are a parent of these children or an aunt, an uncle, just an adult, a concerned citizen, we need to be trying to protect these children. They're the most vulnerable. They cannot protect themselves. They don't have the, um, their minds are not fully developed. They don't fully understand what is going on, especially if they're of a very, very young age. We need to be protecting our children. They are not only deserving of the protection, we are called by God to protect them, but also they are the future of our country. And if they are ruined, abused at such a young age, and those problems continue to to evolve as they get older and continue to develop, they are going to be our future generations that will eventually be running this country. So what kind of state is our country going to be in if these children grow up thinking what is happening to them is okay? We need to protect our children, not let them be the guinea pigs of school shutdowns, not let them be, um, not let them see what is happening in, in strip clubs and drag shows and the like. We need to be protecting their hearts and their minds from the evil and the sin that is out there in this world, which is hard enough to do, you know, in just everyday examples, but also in these extreme examples, even not only um, as detrimental, but we also need to be doing our best to protect against the harm present day and in the future that this, that these activities could ha- could be having and will have on the children. And then abortion. Abortion, again, in episode 64 with, um, with Nikki, the host of Red Girl in a Blue World podcast. She's fantastic. We had a fantastic discussion. It was about 50 minutes and an hour long. I highly suggest that you watch it or listen to it. Abortion, again, this goes back to the innocence, just like with the children. I don't, I don't understand. Well, I do understand what's happening. So what's happening here with abortion is the fact that there is a lack of accountability. And the only accountability by people who are pro-abortion, they talk about accountability. They want accountability for the male. Okay, well, they don't want accountability for their own actions, their own decisions, though, as the woman. And if we're going to hold the woman and the man accountable, which we should because it takes two, the accountability is not being placed at the right moment in time. Their accountability arguments are only focused on after you find out that you are pregnant. I say, and Nikki too in episode 64, say that accountability needs to be happening before engaging in in, in sex and sexual activity. If you are not ready and a baby is a potential consequence, whether you see a baby as a good or bad consequence of sex, baby is a potential consequence. So before you decide to have sex with your partner, you should have the discussion between the two of you. Hey, if a baby comes out of this, what are we doing? If you are not ready to support that child, you should not be engaging in sex, right? I mean, that's, that's the root. We hear the root cause throughout this whole Biden administration, like when it comes to immigration and other problems. If we're trying to get to the root cause to actually cut off the issue, stop the issue, that is where it is with abortion. The accountability, the decision that needs to be made, the right to choose is before engaging in sex, not after and finding out, oops, we got pregnant because it's not a mystery. There is no contraceptive that is 100% guaranteed to work. You can get to like 
99%, maybe 99.5%, but there is no 100% guarantee. So if you are not ready to accept the consequences of your actions, of your decisions, you should not be engaging in that activity that would produce the consequences of the actions. What it boils down to as well is that those who are pro-abortion and say, oh, a woman has the right to choose, basically they, are, they see a baby as an inconvenience. Because then when a baby is not considered an inconvenience, when the, the woman and the, the man are ready to have a child, then they go from, oh, pro-choice to, hey, you can kill that baby if you'd like to, to, oh, this is the greatest thing. I'm going to be a mother. I'm going to be a father. Fantastic. Gender reveal party, blah, blah, blah. Celebrate baby shower, baby showers, two, three, four of them, registries, nurseries, you know, nesting and all that kind of stuff up. But that's only when the baby's not considered an inconvenience in your life. And that's what it boils down to. It boils down to making it, not making a decision at the right moment in time, the accountability not existing where it should exist, as well as babies being considered an inconvenience until they're not an inconvenience. Babies are even more vulnerable than the children I was just talking about in the previous battle about, you know, transgenderism and over-sexualization of children and the mental health issues that are going on and being the kids being the guinea pigs of so many things in our society. An unborn baby is even more vulnerable. So we need to, just like with the born children, be protecting children inside of the womb. And you don't even have to have the, the argument, the discussion with individuals, the debate with people, and you do, not, you do not even have to attach it to, to religion. As a matter of fact, if you're having these debates, it's probably going to go that way, and they're going to try to say like, oh, well, this is just because you know, you have, you, you're a Christian and this is what you think. Well, why force your Christianity on me? Don't, don't shove your Christianity down my throat. You know, that's what you hear. Well, then take it outside, take it away from, from religion, away from Christianity and ask them, okay, well, why is the, why does the baby inside of the womb have less value, value and right to their life than the mother? If all murder is wrong, why is the ending of a life in the womb not wrong? You know, take it down that path. But all of these battles that we are facing, they are all a result of, of evil and sin within our country. You notice none of these things really have to do anything with politics. It's just about culture. It's about good versus bad, right versus wrong. And we need to make sure that we are fighting these battles every single day because you know who isn't taking a day off the people who believe in these things and also the person who is cultivating these this culture war the devil himself there is no off day we don't have to fight every battle every day but collectively we will be fighting every battle every day you yourself as the individual does not have to do that that you don't have to have that undertaking but we collectively as a team, we need to be fighting these battles daily, simultaneously. If you are a Christian, you need to be praying for the individuals daily, not only for other Christians and others who are advocating for um, 
whether it's conservatism or you know traditional values to to take root again within this country you'd be advocating for those on our team while also praying for individuals who do not see things the way that you do that god would work in their hearts and work in their minds to take them away from from these way from these things that they support the scales are over their eyes a lot of them don't truly truly don't see what is wrong with the stances of those battles that i just outlined we need to be the ones who are shining the light and being the light to these individuals to show them what is wrong with what it is that they support we need to get them away from this evil to improve the culture of america to advocate for those who are the most vulnerable to get rid of the rot within this culture to do our best to get rid of the evil that is within our culture in order to save our country and also to save the individuals like you and like me thank you for listening to counterthought a podcast conserving america's freedom culture and values remember to subscribe and like or rate the podcast on your podcast app or on youtube and engage with the podcast on instagram at counter underscore thought at counter ceo or on facebook at counter thought podcast